Thank you, thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate you and appreciate all the givers in the church today. You know, those heaters, I'll tell you this, Eric told the whole story on Sunday, and uh, it, it was quite the blow. And David came into my office, and I think you entered, like with the scepter of Esther, you were a little afraid to come in the door to tell me what the problem was. But for all of you that were in the office, you'll know that all of a sudden, I just walked out of my office and I started singing. When I think of His goodness and what He's done for me, when I think of His goodness and how He set me free. And David's like, okay, that's not right. I'm going to go out and try again. But I said, David, this time I've succeeded in praising the Lord through everything. Because I'm telling you right now, this is, this is what I told David. I said, David, I said, I'm going to tell you what. I said, I am not one bit, not one bit concerned that every need that we have will not be provided for. There is no way that God brought us this far in our life to leave us. He didn't bring you that far in your health, in your finances, in your family to leave you. That's not the God that we serve. And if it is, we should all be questioning what we're serving. Now, I'm just going to speak real, but that's not what we serve. We serve a God that is faithful over and over and over and over. What, what we do is we get upset when he's not faithful because we haven't done what the word says. Then we write those times down, and those are the times we want to remember. But unfortunately, it wasn't he who wasn't that faithful. It was us. Uh, us. Sorry. Sorry, Philip. I didn't mean to point toward you. It was us. All right. Tonight, we are going to continue um, pastor series that he started. Last week, Brother Jeff came and blessed us with a wonderful word um, about authority and everything that was in that included. But the week prior to that, pastor started a message called Freedom from This Present Evil World. I'm going to finish that process tonight. Um, I asked if I could preach what I wanted, and he said no. So this will be a first for me to pick up where he left off. Um, I will do my best. I'm going to use some things that he said. I want to review some things that he said to bring us back into remembrance, to kind of be sure that we're building on the same foundation that he laid since it was over a week ago. It was two weeks ago. I want to be sure that we come back to that sure foundation and be sure that we're laying line upon line, precept upon precept. So some of these things you may say, Nicole, I've heard that. I know I'm doing it on purpose so you'll understand where we're going to start. So let's go to Galatians 1. And I'm going to read 1 through 4 just to put it in context. This is a simple greeting from Paul to the church of Galatia. It says, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Pay attention to verse 4. Who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now you would say, Nicole, that's just a simple greeting. We can just read over that. But that verse 4 has a very distinctive declaration in it. And that word delivered means to be plucked out or rescued. So you and I have been plucked out of this present evil world's position 
or rescued from what has been laying to keep you captive. Now, Alexis, where is she? Alexis, you're supposed to have something out here on stage for me. So where? Okay, so go ahead and there you go, Josh. Bring that out for me because I want that night and present right here. Okay? I know. Like he probably knew that. She told him that. Okay, so we know that evil is working our world. We already know that. You don't have to look around very far to see abortion, sex slavery at an all-time high, murder, thievery, adultery, alcoholism. We could go on and on and on about the evil that's in our world today. It's not a question. Nobody's going, where's the evil? Where isn't the evil? Amen? We also learned that there were two spirits in this world. One, the Holy Ghost, and the other being... Okay, come on, guys. The who? All right, I don't know that we believe he's real right now. By the end of this message, you're going to believe that there is a devil, there is evil, and you have been given power over him. Amen. Come on. All right, we cannot allow ourselves as followers of Christ to become dumbed down. This is literally per pastor's words. Dumbed down or desensitized about the evil that's amongst us. And to believe that the evil that's around us is just, well, that's America. No, that's just the way the government runs. No, that's... that's that's just because disease is running rampant. No, there is an author behind it. There is a devil that is real and he has positioned evil to manipulate and to be crafty amongst our people. And we, the church, have to rise up, see that evil that's happening, and begin to throw resistance towards the evil not allow the evil in this present world or the scripture in the fourth verse would not have said you've been delivered from why would he deliver us why wouldn't he just leave us in this present world with all this evil and say i'm sorry you're just going to have to deal with it he didn't he said i've delivered you from it i've plucked you out i've rescued you and saved you from that you don't have to be a part of that Remember, we're to be in the world, but not of it. How about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They were in the fiery furnace, but they weren't of smoke when they came out. Let me tell you something. When you, God comes back and he picks us up, Jesus said, he's not going to find any, anything in me of that. There's no world to be left in you, David. There's no world to be left in me. When Christ comes back to get me, it will only be him in me. Amen? That's what we're to do. See, God has come to build his kingdom in you and I. And in today's present world, Dad spoke about human activists. Let me tell you something. Abortion is not a human activist problem. It's a devil problem. It's an evil problem. Let me tell you something. In this present world, there are preachers, teachers, evangelists, prophets, in that ministry right there that's for our church, that's for our time, that's for the end time church that are being killed daily. We as Christians have to rise up and put forth some spiritual resistance to the evil. I, I, we can't just talk about it. We can't just post about it. We can't just hold a picket sign. I'm not against any of that. But if all you're doing is an earthly process to deal with an evil devil, then you're not going to win. 
And this world's going to wax worse and worse and worse. And the Christians are going to retreat and retreat and retreat. Before long, that you are held captive in a cage and won't come out. We have a responsibility. And pastor is shaking us awake, shaking us to hear our responsibility and say we can't fight the world's systems with the world's way. We were meant to fight this world with a spiritual way. See, God's coming to build His kingdom inside you and I. We're thinking that God's will is going to be done. Well, Lord, you know, it's predestined. You've already wrote all this out, so... I'm just going to be a Christian and I'm going to heaven, so that's enough. No, your predestination was not the predestination that everything would be taken care of. The predestination was is that a Savior came for you and gave you a plan and rescued you from sin and gave you a chance to do something different. But you have to take this in spite of the predestination that's been given to you and do something with it. You've got to fight for what is yours. We, we are the answer to this evil present world. Do you get that? Jesus in me, Jesus in you is the answer to this evil present world that you have been delivered from. But there's a reason you've been delivered from it. You've been delivered so that you can go rescue and deliver someone else. But some of us are so busy being captive by the world systems that we won't come out of our cage to save anybody else. That's not where we've got to be. See, we have to begin to accept what God has already done. Say already done. See, this is going to sound real cliche, but I don't care. I'm a rhymer. He hung on a tree at Calvary for you and me so that I could be free. Now I'm going to tell you, are we going to sit inside a cage, inside of captivity, after we've already been set free by the cross and call the cross in vain? Did Christ go to the cross for nothing? Or will you and I truly Take the word in verse 4 and say, I've been delivered by this present evil. And because I've been delivered, I will deliver others. You know, I think of sex slavery. And I think of the girls that are held captive. Captive in their rooms. And the lock and key on their room until what is required is required. But here's the deal. You know, there's a story of one girl that got free. Do you think she let anyone else out or do you think she just ran for her own life? Tell me. Tell me. She ran. You and I can't do what the world does. We can't care so much about ourselves that through that captivity we run and don't go through and release and unlock the door for every one of those people, for every sinner, for every neighbor, for every worker, for every best friend that we ever had in high school. You and I have the key. We've got to unlock it and show them that deliverance is for you. We've got to be about the cross. Picking up our cross, resisting evil, and teaching others to do the same at the cost of ourselves. Why? Because you've been delivered. Your deliverance doesn't work one day and doesn't work the next day. 
doesn't matter if I'm unlocking someone else's door and the devil grabs me captive, I'm going to say, get your hands off me, you lousy devil. I've been bought with a price and you didn't pay it. Let me go. Deliverance doesn't stop. Deliverance continues. We shouldn't walk around being afraid of whether our deliverance is for real. It is for real. You're saved. But we've got to save others. We've got to reach out and rescue others. See, some of us think that when Jesus went to the cross, you know, he just had a rough life from birth. He had been chased by all these people. They tried to kill him. We're just going to kill all the children of Israel. Every child that's born, we're going to try to get them so he can't get to be the Savior. And we think that when he hung his head on the cross and he said it was finished, he went, oh, it's finished. No. No. See, it's not what you say. It's how you say it. Jesus didn't say, it's finished. It was, it is finished. Meaning that the finish of your end is now the beginning. You now have eternal life. You now have an advocate with the Father. You are now made righteous because He is righteous. You have the same, same, same inheritance that Jesus has because you've been adopted into the family. It was just the beginning for you. It was the beginning of a blissful end if you would receive it. All of it not a part of it. The Holy Ghost is far greater than any devil that can roam around this earth. Far greater. See, it's, we are not to be subject to, we are not to be led by, and we are not to be affected by this present evil world. We have been delivered, plucked out, removed, rescued from this world. We have been. Have been. That is past tense. Have been been delivered from every devil, from every demonic situation, from every sickness, from every anxiety attack, from every lick of poverty, from every sort of lack in your life, if you have been delivered. Let me show you something. Now, I have this dog cage up here for a reason, because I want to show you that we, in our sin, was captive. This is our cage. We lived in here because we were bound by sin. No end, no freedom, nothing in Christ. But when Christ went to the cross, he opened the lock. Yet still today, it's safe to stay right in here and watch the world go round. As long as it don't hit your wallet on Wall Street. As long as it isn't your daughter in sex slavery. As long as it isn't you in the clinic or someone you know giving a baby up. As long as it isn't you that's being affected. You sit right here and you think you're safe. I'm going to tell you what. You are just as bound as you've ever been bound. If you're sitting in a cage with a door unlocked, God's calling us to say, come out of that cage. You can't do what I've called you to do unless you come out from what provision has been made for you at the cross. And Calvary, we've got a mandate, church, to do something and receive full deliverance. Not part, full deliverance. To walk in deliverance. To resist the evil that's out there. And show the world that there's hope from evil. 
Does the world see you blinded by what's happening? 2 Corinthians, I think it's 4, 4, 4, 4. Dad mentioned last week. Does the world, look, the children, the, the God of this world blinded them. Blinded them. Are we, those were children of disobedience. I'm no longer a child of disobedience. I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm a son and daughter of Him. I'm not a son and daughter of disobedience because I don't choose the way of sin any longer. But is it possible that by not doing the fullness of His Word that I would become a little skewed in my view and that I could turn into one of those who were blinded by the God of this world? See, this is the difference. Can the world look at you and see that you don't have blinders on and identify there's something different? Or are you cowering next to the world, waiting for the next stock market to just pass over, waiting for the next problem to just go away? Let me tell you something. Tonight, nobody knows what's happened. Angela was just sharing some things with me, Sister Angela Smith. You know, every time our husbands leave this country, there is an all-out spiritual attack because of what they're about to do. So my father and Eric left. Eric is on his way, has a flat tire. He comes back home with a flat tire. Angel says it's shredded. Walks in the house, says, I got to take the van. I got to go. I got to get Pastor up. We're going to be late to the airport, blah, blah, blah. Takes everything, her purse, her exercise bag, everything that she needs to do life is in this van. So she gets in her car to go get it from mom's house all the way in Sydney. She gets there. Eric locked it. Locked it. Because he was concerned because there's been people out in mom's area that have been trying to thieve through houses, stuff like this. So Eric locked it. Angela drives all the way back, has to come all the way back again and get it. Tonight, mom's got a guy at her door trying to get in her house with her there. She's got a camera on and telling him she's not interested, ends up calling the police and gets them there. Let me tell you something. This is not something that's to be ignored or to dealt with in a earthly manner. This is a spiritual process, and we're going to take authority over the devil. It's an attack out on our husbands that are out ministering the word of God because what's going to happen in Mexico is greater, and the devil knows it. So if he can wrestle it at home and the wives can call the husbands, then they'll be concerned. Not doing it. Not doing it. Not bowing down to the evil of the world and the way you work your little system. I'm going to rebuke you. I'm going to take authority over you and you're going to remain powerless under my feet. That's the way we're called to do it. We cannot, we cannot deal with spiritual issues in an earthly way. Dad taught on Sunday about faith. A spiritual substance. Not an earthly substance. You can't buy it. You can't measure it. You can't get it. You don't get to keep it. You don't get to hide it. You don't get to squeeze it. It isn't earthly. It's spiritual. And it's for spiritual purposes. In order to inherit that scripture in Galatians, that we might be delivered from this present evil world, you and I, have to use a spiritual substance to extract what's in that scripture and apply it to our life so the deliverance is complete. Do you identify that? 
That's what I'm here to talk about. What are we free from? What are we free from? See, Jesus was buffeted, buffeted by government, buffeted by the Romans. Listen, you want to talk about someone breathing down your neck? That was not a healthy society. Not, have you ever seen the Gladiator movie? We don't do this in our American society, yet they are killing people and applauding while watching animals eat them limb from limb. This is dysfunctional, totally dysfunctional. And you want to talk about evil in the world where they can put out a mandate that every child below age two is killed? What? If our government did that, we would just broke. We No, Israel rose up, said, you know what? Not on our door. The blood of Jesus will be applied to our doorpost. Why? A spiritual process for an earthly problem. Jesus wasn't picketing. Jesus wasn't throwing money towards the social system. Jesus was using the Father's word. His Father's word to use in an earthly situation. He used faith. He used the spiritual substance. He used the supernatural. He used the power of the Holy Ghost to deliver himself and to deliver others. And we too are called by the same God to do the exact same work. He was about his Father's business. And we too have to get about our Father's business. Let's go to Romans 6, 6 through 15. I know it's a lot of reading, but I have not given you much scripture and I want to lay some things out for you. You have been freed from so many things. We could teach what you've been freed from for months, months and months, if that's what we were going to do. But we're going to finish tonight, so hang on. No, sixth chapter, sixth verse. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, this is Jesus, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. It doesn't mean dead in the ground. It means dead in your flesh, like dead. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death has no more dominion over him, right? For if that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. All that we just read. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed into sin unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let no sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of God of righteousness unto God. Here we go. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. You and I 
no longer have to be held under the dominion of sin. See, before you were saved, sin lorded over you. But once you became saved in Christ, now you lord over sin. You see, so you have been delivered and freed from the evil work of this present world. Sin is ruling and reigning all around us, is it not? Does it have you? Do you have dominion over sin? Okay, then we have been freed by the power of sin, right? So, my old man was bound, but my new man is free. He's out of the cage. See, he's not afraid that sin is all around him. Because sin's power doesn't have anything in him or over him. See, the presence of evil can still be around you and not have power over you. See, what Christ did was extracted the power because he has it all. And he took it and gave it to you. So you too have power over sin. And sin has no power. Does that make sense? You've been freed and delivered by that. Now, if we look at... <clears throat> where's my reader? I got a reader. Reader 1. Colossians 1.13. Where's my reader? Here. Go ahead, Lexi. Let's read this scripture because I want to show you something else that you've been freed or delivered from. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. We are not delivered yet again from the presence of evil. All this stuff is still going to be present in this world because there is still sin present. Until you and I do our work to the best of our ability and everyone has heard the gospel, even then, there will still be evil present. But it will have no power over you and I and every other Christian that will use the substance the spiritual substance and extract freedom from every scripture in this Bible and see that God unlocked the cage and all we have to do is step out and begin to walk out of that captivity. I think of that song we sang tonight, the freedom song. There was two of them, but the first one, when I think of it, it says, step out of the shadow. In other words, why are you hiding? Step out, what, what is, step out of the shadow, step out of the grave, step out of your grave, step out of your deadness of who you are. You're not dead any longer. You're alive in Christ. Step into the wild, the unknown. Go ahead, put your foot out there and watch what God will do. Run into wide open places. You want to know why people don't run into wide open places? Because they're afraid. They're afraid. They're afraid something's going to get them. What? What? The devil that you've just been given power over? The devil when we get to heaven that we're going to look at and say, it's that? Are you for real? That little thing buffeted me my entire life and caused me to live in a two-by-four cage that I couldn't get out of? Oh, yeah, the door was open. See, freedom is a choice. 
Freedom is a choice, and you and I have a very vital choice. And we can say that we want freedom all day. Freedom from anxiety, freedom from poverty, freedom from sickness. But if you're going to live in that cage and confess freedom, you're never going to be free. You're never going to be free. See, you got to step out. you got to step out because God's grace is waiting. God's grace is waiting. His ability to do for you what you cannot do for yourself in the midst of that trial, in the midst of evil staring you in the face, you will find what it takes in His strength to be delivered. Reader number two. Where is she? My goodness. Now thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. We are delivered and freed from defeat. That scripture just told you that you triumph causes us to what? Always triumph. Sometimes, maybe sometimes on the weekends only because that's church service. No, Always triumph. Every situation, every problem, every area that you're weak, he causes you to triumph. Every victory, we are guaranteed. He will rescue us from everything if we will receive this word and apply it. Let's say, we are delivered from defeat. Amen. Reader number three, something else we're delivered from. This is Galatians 3, 13 through 14. Christ hath re redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a, a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. We are free from lack. That blessing of Abraham was the seed which was Jesus. Jesus became, we are his children. We are him. All of Abraham's blessings are ours. If you want to dig into Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, you'll find out every blessing and every cursing that comes from doing what's right and what comes from not doing what's right. But I'm telling you, if you have a lack of finance, God can meet it. You have a lack of love. If you have a lack of faith, God says in the word, help me in my unbelief. If you have a lack of wisdom, God says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of me and I will give it to him. Lack of peace. You have anxiety. You have stress in your life. God says, I'll be your God of peace but you've got to rest in who I am. There shall be no lack in our lives. We have the promises of God. Every promise that came unto Abraham is my promise. Every promise in this Bible, if mixed with the spiritual substance, will come alive and be extracted for your life and bring freedom from lack. Let's say that. I am free from lack. Now, Ephesians 1.3, it says all spiritual blessings are mine. Spiritual blessing, this is another sense of blessing of mine. God has chosen good things for you and for me. Listen, God wants good for you. Do you understand that you are adopted into the kingdom? This is a spiritual blessing. Adoption is a blessing 
from above. There are multiple blessings with the Bible. I'm just pulling out adoption. Thank you, Lord. I'll be the red-headed stepchild. I don't care. Because in God's kingdom, the adopted one almost has more rights than the others. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 9.6. I'm going to read this one to you. Uh, where am I at? It says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Let me tell you something. We are freed from lack by applying faith, the spiritual substance, to the law of sowing and reaping. If all you're going to do is sit in this cage and say, I have no lack, I have no lack, I have no lack, I have no lack, you're going to have lack. That's not the spiritual substance. That's not using a spiritual thing in an earthly situation. See, the evil part of this world is lack. The evil part of this world is that there's not blessing for you and you don't have enough. But the God that we serve is a God of more than enough. But you've got to use the law of sowing and reaping. So you too can be delivered from this present evil world where there is lack of blessing and not enough if, if you will apply the scriptures, if you will apply it, let us say this, we are delivered from lack. Amen. Amen. I'm getting you to say it. You want to know why? Because every time you speak it, you are sowing. You are reap, sowing blessing and you shall reap blessing in your life. See, in Deuteronomy it says 29, I want to say 11. Maybe, no, that's Jeremiah 29, 11 we did. Anyways, in Deuteronomy, just look for it. I choose this day I serve to you blessing and cursing. Which will you choose? Will you choose life or will you choose death with your words? Because every day we have a choice. Every single day. Okay, I'm only going to do one, one, two more. Okay, reader four. This is important. Okay, 1 Peter 2.24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, shall live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. We are freed from sickness. Yes. See, we have to learn to take the word at its word. We have to learn to be able to read it. That said, I'm freed from sickness. That said, I by whose stripes ye were healed. See, remember, at the cross, everything you needed was already given. It was already finished right there for your end to be a good end. So you're not going to die in sickness, but we've got to take the word at its word. We've got to believe in it. We've got to rest in it. And then when we begin to do that, we are freed from the evil part of this world which is sickness and disease, which everyone in America believes when you die, you were sick and diseased. What did he die of? That's what they say. Oh, we lost, we lost our Uncle Sam. Well, what did he die of? Old age, the goodness of God in his heart. He just closed his eyes and went to sleep and went to be with Jesus. That's how he died. 
I'm not sick and diseased and I'm not dying sick and diseased. I don't receive that. Reader 5, Isaiah 61, 1 through 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, mm. to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for a mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that the Lord that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified, and they shall be build the old wastes, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the, de uh, the desolations of many generations. Amen. Now look at this. It is time that you and I begin living not in the ashes, but the beauty of who we are. Putting on the garment of praise, not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday, but let me tell you, not when just Miss Nicole cheers you on to give your best praise, but it's when you lay down, you praise God. When you rise early, you praise God. In the midst of your evil situation, you praise God. See, and when you do that and you put on the garment of praise, the heaviness that you've been under begins to fall off. You begin stepping out of the cage. You become stepping out of the captive one and you've identified that the door's been unlocked and you have become free. You have been freed from the spirit of heaviness. 2 Timothy 1.7, you've been freed from the spirit of fear. You don't have to be intimidated. Romans 5.8, you've been freed, freed from hate and racism. Listen, Christ loved us even when we were yet sinners. Then we too have to love even when they're sinners. You don't get to be racist and be a Christian. You don't get to hate the lesbian. You don't get to hate the homosexual. You don't get to hate the alcoholic. And you don't get to choose who you like and who you don't. These are Bible 101 basics. But we forget because we're too busy cowering because of the evil that's around us. It's time for us, church, to stand up. Stand up. Step out of our cage and start doing the work of the Lord and receive His fullness for the church. The fullness of who you were meant to be, who I was meant to be, and raise up resistance against the evil of this world and stop allowing it to go around us. Oh, it's okay. God's got it under control. No, He gave you control. He gave you the power. He gave you the dominion. And He's expecting you and I to do something with it. Let us stand. Praise God. What a, what, what a, that message fired me up. Tell you what, makes me mad. Devil thinks he can push us around like we're just squishy worms. I'm not a squishy worm. You just push the wrong person. This week, I want you to be aware of what evil is around you. 
What evil is around you? And what evil are you dealing with that you need to be freed from or delivered from? And then I want you to Google, you heard me, Google the answer to your problem in the Bible. That's what you have to put. You have to put in the Bible. You can't just put, oh, what does freedom mean? That ain't going to work. What does freedom mean in the Bible? And start finding out about your problem. And if you have questions, you come to someone who's more mature in the word than you and say, Miss Nicole, this is what I found, or Brother Philip, or Pastor Phyllis, this is what I found, Tricia, whatever it is, come to them and let us walk you through it. I'll give you scriptures to help you find your way. And it'll start you there. Olive Tree, it's a really good Bible app. You can search a word. You can search uh, uh, drunkenness. You could search sexual addiction. It will bring different things up that you can identify. Where do I start with my freedom? This is a big book. I get that. And some of you think this is overwhelming. But let me remind you, this was wrote that a child could understand. And if you believe the lie that it's so hard I can't understand it, you're going to remain in that cage and the door is going to be locked, unlocked the entire time. And you could have walked out if you would just opened the word and began to read. Do you think God would have gave the sinner? Hear me. I didn't know anything about Christ when I got saved, yet I understood and I was five years old. Never heard of Jesus. Never, not that I remember. I got sent home from a vacation Bible school in a tube top because I was dressed inappropriate. I can tell you that. But the church rejected me because of what I had on and sent me home from vacation Bible school. But I didn't know about Jesus and his love, yet I listened to a television show and I heard and I understood. Do you think a loving God would write a Bible that you couldn't understand? Because you're trying to use an earthly purpose, an earthly practice to understand a spiritual thing spiritual substance for earthly things. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, God, tonight. And Lord, we just want to thank you, God, for the word, God, that you've sparked in our hearts. Father, that we would not lay, Father, and just take this evil that is in our world. But Father, we would begin to rise up as the church. Rise up as the church in America. Father, restore us Restore us, Father, in the sight of the world to what you've commanded us to be. Father, that we would be soldiers of your cross. Father, that we would be rescuers of others in the name of Jesus. Father, make us aware. Make us aware this week, Father, of where you want us to start working out our freedom. God, that we have been, uh, we've just let go. We've, we've given too much room to the enemy. Father, tonight we choose to take it back. Every ounce, every step, every inch, every centimeter in the name of Jesus. God, make us the church that you desire us to be. Create in us, Father, come build your kingdom in us.